Hello and welcome to the Great Commission Baptist Association of the River Valleys podcast. We have as our guest today, uh, Julio Gomez Sr., the, the pastor and key leader, church planner, you name it, at Gozo de Mi Alma. Uh, Gozo de Mi Alma is, uh, I guess it's actually, it, who does it? Iglesia Bautista Gozo de Mi Alma? Si. Yes, All sir. right. It's, uh, it is great. We are delighted. Hello, how long, how long have you been in Fort Smith, the River Valley now? Is it seven years? No, I've been in Fort Smith, the River Valley. I, I came here in the year um, 2012. Wow, so, so it's been eight years. Eight years, yes. Wow. And it, on the first month of that year in January. Wow, so gosh, it is, that is amazing. It seemed like it was yesterday. It really does. Yes. I, I, rem- I remember the very first time we met, we were, went, we had, we had lunch at Cheddar's and yes. we're sitting at Cheddar's that very first time. And I was very nervous. Oh man, I was too. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, gosh, this guy is incredible. Yes. And um, it's going in. It was, it was, it was fun. I think that um, uh, brother, Pastor Jay had a lot of faith in, 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 in what he was uh, led to do by uh, bringing in us together. Yeah. I guess he was the most nervous person. In, uh, yeah. I wonder, is this going to work or not? <laughs> what are they going to do? Yes. Okay. You come up, you're, uh, 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 yeah, just give an update right now real quick, like on Minerva, your wife and on the kids and grandkids, how everything's going. We, we are doing great. Uh, my wife, uh, she, uh, uh, well, uh, not only her, uh, my sons and I, we got a little affected by the COVID-19. Yeah. But thanks to the prayers of uh, of, of the church and, and, and you guys and other people around us, and we made it. Uh, now she's in good health. Uh, we, we, she, she helps me, or I help her, I think. Yeah. Uh, we have a radio uh, 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 show where... Yeah, you do. Yeah, where we don't really uh, get the Bible and preach, but we, we give counseling to... to marriage and everything, but we always use the Bible. And I think having my wife there with me, it helped me a lot. Uh, oh, I can, I can guarantee. Yes. At speed of the radio station. Okay. Radio Vita here in, uh, in Fort Smith, Arkansas, you don't just have a radio program. No, no GDMA. Y'all have a radio FL. station. Yes. Yes. Uh, when, when you say y'all have a radio station, I say, yes, we do the Baptist. The Baptist in the River Valley, we yeah. are blessed to have our own radio well, station. We are. And it is a blessing. It's it's uh, a lot of pieces that God moved around uh, since 10 years ago just to make this possible for his kingdom. Uh, yeah. he, he started 10 years ago, meeting one people in Texas and then meeting another people in Oklahoma. And then God led us to come to the River Valley and then meeting Jay and then meeting Jeff, and then meeting yeah. the association, and that's how God worked to bring the first Spanish-speaking gospel Christian radio station here in Fort Smith. Oh, I know. And I, Julio, I will never forget, we had known each other probably a year, maybe two years, and I don't know when you had started and made the application for the license, but <laughs> I remember you came to me and said, Brother Jeff, it came through. We have it. We have a radio station. Yes. And I thought... Julio, you're crazy. How do yes. you don't just get a radio station? And and that's when I first realized when you when Gozo prays, she prays and she puts it in the hands of God and just keeps on working until he chooses to answer. Because yes. how long had y'all been praying and waiting? Nine years. Nine years before that we, came. We, that is it was amazing. Uh, that's because amazing. We we had a 
we, we had three three um, uh, prayer services during the week. Yeah. Especially for this. We prayed in the morning at 6 o'clock in the morning. And then we uh, uh, we pray uh, between 2 and 3. And then we pray from 7 to 8 o'clock. We did it for, for nine years. And I remember the day that I told you you were driving. Yes. And we were going somewhere. You you were showing me around the room. Yeah. And uh, two days before I got the, the call. And I didn't know how to tell you because you didn't know I was doing this. And uh, I said, I got to tell him that we got a radio station now. <laughs> and uh, I looked at you and I said, Brother Jeff, I just got a call and from Enrique. And we are proof we have a radio station. And you looked at me and said, Julio, who is Enrique and what radio station? <laughs> I know. And this is how I, I explained you. And then the, you came along to do your part because at that time, God used us to do a certain part. Yeah. And then he brings someone else to do their part. Yeah. And like right now, uh, everyone like in, in, in the church uh, on Grand Avenue, they do their part. So it's amazing how yeah. we are part of uh, this huge plan for God's kingdom in the River Valley. Yeah, that's just <laughs> that, that way God is used. Okay, I want, I want to back up, though, not just yes. to begin radio station. How, how did you come to faith in Christ? Wow. Um, well, when I was uh, a little kid, my grandma... She she was uh, Christian. She always went to church. Mm -hmm. I didn't went to church with her, but I always listened to little gospel songs and all that. So I think that that was my first time as a seed of the gospel was planted in my small heart. I was about nine years old. Mm -hmm. But then I grew up and I went with my life. And uh, being in, in jail, uh, I, I heard the gospel for the first time. I used to. I used to hear all the time, mm -hmm. but at that time I really pay attention to what the guy was preaching. And that's how God, that seed that was planted many years ago, God watered at that time and it, it grew. It grew something in me and it gave me hope that maybe I could stop living how I was living if I just if I just seek for, for this Jesus. And that's how I learned about Jesus. Now, when I came from the jail, I I, uh, I started doing my same the same old thing. Yeah. But I knew that what the men shared with me in prison, I knew that if I didn't listen, I was gonna end up in the same place again. And I was tired, brother Jeff. Yeah. I was going in and out, all my youth in jail, county jail, juvenile, the prison. Yeah. I was really tired, seeking for rest, not seeking for heaven, not seeking to be the pastor. I was just seeking. I wanted to rest. And, uh, well, I, uh, I, I heard the gospel one more time and, and I accept Jesus Christ in my heart. I remember I didn't need it in a church. It was one-to-one. -one. Someone was preaching and mm -hmm. I don't know what happened. I just started crying. Yeah. And crying. I realized. And when he said, uh, if someone wants to accept, invite Jesus to come into their heart, raise your hand. But I, I, I stood up and I went with him and, and he prayed for me. And, and it was so simple, Brother Jeff, that I yeah. couldn't believe it because I was a gang, uh, ex, ex gang member. Yeah. And being in prison and doing all this bad stuff. When he said, repeat after me. And when I repeat, and then he prayed and hugged me and said, Welcome home, brother. I was like, Is that it? Yeah. This, yeah. I'm how, a sinner. He's a savior. Yeah. So how, how, how about all the stuff that I did in the past? Well, now I learned that that's, that's, that's the love of God. And I was accepted at that moment. That's how I became uh, 
not a Christian, but I started my relationship with God, accepting him into my heart, and someone led me to that. Okay, now, you've done that, you're there. How, how did you realize, how did you realize you needed, because you, you really had, other than those gospel songs from your grandmother, you didn't oh, yeah. have any church experience no, or no, any of that? not at all. So how did you, how did you come to realize that you needed to follow the Lord in baptism and be a part of a, of a church? Yeah. And a, uh, a friend of mine that he was in gang, in the same gang that I was, and yeah. he gave his life to Christ and became a, a preacher and he visited me and uh, he invited me to church. And he, he always told me that, uh, that I was, that I was somebody special, that mm -hmm. God was going to use me. I didn't know what he was talking about, but he invited me to, to church and I didn't want to go to church. And, but I said to myself, I tried everything to leave the drugs. I tried everything to become a, a better husband and a better father, and it didn't work. What else I have to lose? I haven't tried God. Man, let's just go ahead and try God. <laughs> I have nothing to lose. If it don't work, it don't work. It might work. So I went with this guy to church, and uh, the you know, the mentality of the people in, that ch in church they have the power to build you up when you're a new beginner. Yeah. The the moment you walk in the church, the way they look at you, it, yeah. you can feel the love of God. And then me coming from a background where I didn't have no father figure, I didn't know what a, a yeah. love was. So uh, that's how I went to church and started listening to the word. Uh, yeah. I heard the preaching, I heard the baptism, and the pastor uh, came to me and he was very personal, and he explained me what the baptism was. I said, ah, I gotta wait on that. He said, okay, we're gonna wait, but I wanna ask you if I can come to your house and give you a Bible study. I needed it. I said, please do. <laughs> so I was blessed to have pastors and, and, and leadership from my church that they didn't really care for a next drug addicted. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and then, you follow the Bible study, you go, what, what was it that convinced you that you needed to follow the Lord in baptism? Getting into the Word. You know, when I was in jail all the time, yeah. I used to read a lot. Yeah. Uh, books. So I turned my reading from those books to the Bible. I asked my pastor one question. Mm -hmm. I said, Pastor, is this the real church? He said, what do you mean? I said, I've been in hell all my life. I don't want to be in a place where I'm going to end up in hell. <laughs> and he said, here, he gave me a, a Bible. Yeah. He said, you, you make sure by yourself. So to me, that was like, you want to find the truth? Go you find the it, truth. Seek it. Yeah. So I got the Bible and I started reading it and reading it. And that gave me conviction. I, mm. Me getting into the Bible, brother Jeff, I didn't like it because it was like someone was putting a mirror in front of me. Yeah. I had no good deeds at that time. Yeah. Being, being in gangs, being in drugs, being in, in and out of jail, I didn't do nothing good, nothing positive. So reading the Bible, before you, I apply it to my life, it was hard because it was like a mirror. It was like someone judging me and telling me what I, what I was doing wrong. And But not only that, the beautiful thing about the Bible, when I started reading it, I didn't only feel like someone was telling me my, my bad things, but they were guiding me, leading me to, to the right path. And that yeah. must get me addicted to reading the Bible. Yeah. So I started asking questions about the baptisms. I find out about the church and everything. And, and that's when my pastor said, uh, uh, what do you think about, about uh, being used by God in the future? And I was like, I don't know. I just want to do the right thing. 
I need you to teach me about what do I need to do. So he gave me a Bible study about seven steps, but I never forget that. The yeah. seven steps. First, you got to have conviction of your salvation. It helped me a lot, Brother Jeff. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really believe in my heart that God has forgiven me that simple. Yeah, you thought, no, I, no I'm too bad. He could I mean, not, yeah. I've, been, I've been in front of a judge many times, yeah. and everything I do, they they care, they want the best for me, but I still got to pay for the crime. Yeah. This time was different. Yeah. I was telling God everything I did, and he knew, and he knew if I was lying, but then he said, I love you, and I forgive you. So I was, it can't be that simple. I got to pay something. Yeah. Now I know that God paid for me. Yeah. And when he explained me that, uh, I realized that I needed to take these steps by faith. I, Brother Jeff, one thing that I really learned and I felt in my heart when I went to church, I said, this is, this is what I want to be. And just, just like I was in gangs, I said, I, I want this for my life and I want to take it seriously. Yeah. I didn't, have, I didn't have many kids at that time. I just had three kids. So we, we had April and Julio was just little. I mean, uh, Clarita. So I take it very seriously. I said, what's the next step? After the conviction that I'm in the right place. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and get married to Jesus. Baptism. Yeah. I'm going to get married. I compare baptism as a wedding. Yeah. I'm the bride. Uh, and, Je and, I, and Jesus brings me and shows off with me in front of the whole congregation. Yeah. I'm telling my ex-boyfriend, Satan, that I cut with him. I have nothing to do with him because I'm getting married with Jesus. That was the baptism for yeah, me. Yeah, that dead to <laughs> sin and rise to new life. I'm yes. a, a life married to Jesus. Yes. I and love that. That's how I that, got baptized. My yeah. Minerva got baptized and Clarita got baptized. Julio was too little. Uh but we all got baptized in, in that church, and, and, and that's how I... Yeah. I, I, now, that was in... Was that in uh, Texas or was it Oklahoma? No. That was in Denison, Texas. Denison, Texas. And La Iglesia Bautista Camino Real is the the real way Baptist church with Pastor Senon Garcia. Oh, And wow. I was there three months. Three months. Three months. And then our job, because Mine and I, we used to work in a, in a cleaners. Mm -hmm. uh, so they moved us from the from Texas to to Duncan, Oklahoma. Wow! But I told my pastor, Senor Garcia, we're moving because of the job, and mm -hmm. you know he tried uh, like every pastor because the pastors we fall in love with the people, you know. Yeah. And, and it's hurts when they leave, even, yeah. even if they're going. Yeah, it's like by it's God, like watching know? your kids leave yeah. the house. Yeah, you just hate it. So my pastor, Senor Garcia, said, "Tell me where you're gonna work. Give me the address and phone number." So I did. Three days later, in a Wednesday, I come to the Bible study and he said, Brother Julio, I got a church for you over there. <laughs> I said, really? Yeah. <laughs> I want to pick my church. But he picked a good church. Yeah. Um, we came and we met uh, what I call my, my pastor, the one that discipled me, Carlos Aguilar, uh, at the First Baptist Church, uh, El Divino Salvador. It means the divine savior. And, and I stayed there six years until they sent me this yeah. way. And during that six years, because that's really your your theological education, your training in ministry came in those six years there in Duncan. Yes. Uh, I'm going to tell you how my learning came. Okay. I, I, well, it started by me getting into the Bible. Yeah. And then I yeah. learned a little from the Bible. But then all the questions that I had that I didn't understand and I didn't have no answer 
when I started getting ready for what I knew God was calling me, all those answers helped me to find, to find all those questions helped me on, on, on finding the answer. Yeah. So I remember one day my pastor say, Brother Julio, get ready because you're going to dismiss us in prayer. I said, no. <laughs> I said, not me. <laughs> but he didn't listen. He walked to the front, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh. And then he said, all right, let's, we're done, and I'm going to ask. And I, ah, he said, yeah. Brother Julio, my heart started boom, boom, boom. But I prayed, and something happened. I said, I like this. Yeah. I remember what he said. He said, Brother Julio, uh, we're teaching the leadership. Uh, uh, over there, uh, I still do the same in our church mm -hmm. as Baptist. Every year we give the opportunity to, to new people. Uh, yeah, to serve. They, they, they want yeah. to serve. And he said, I want you to get ready because you're going to teach the, the little kids this year. I said, no. <laughs> I said, I don't. I just read the Bible when, when you tell me to. I, I don't know the Bible. He said, you can do it. Get into the word. So I couldn't tell my pastor no. Mm -hmm. he, he was not going to say no. So I got ready, and I remember the first thing I did, I was teaching the little kids the first year. And then the second year, uh, he invited me, and God gave me the, the blessing and opportunity to work with the youth. And when I worked with the youth in, in our church, uh, the convention from, Okla uh, from uh, Oklahoma, yeah. they invited me to be a, the, a leader of the Baptist church from the youth. So mm -hmm. I, I, we used to plan three three uh, revivals during the year. Yeah. And then my pastor, uh, he enrolled me in some studies without even asking me. He just, he just signed you up and he sent you. He signed me up. Yeah. And he, he'll give me, like, for example, I remember our first uh, uh, study that we had, it was church planting. Mm -hmm. 2007. Wow. And I came to church, it was in a Wednesday, and he gave me a folder. Yeah. And then I said, what is this, Pastor? He said, oh, you're going to go to a church planting uh, study is only three days. I say when he said all the information is there, and I used to get mad, and I used to tell my wife, yeah. "Why he doesn't ask me?" <laughs> but my pastor always told me, uh, "You gotta come," and that helped me a lot, brother Jeff, because yeah. I was so insecure of me. Yeah. I was so used to uh, deal with different people, and me being full of tattoos and and not not able to speak the right way, and then. Looking at all these pastors, they look nice and this and it, I, I was very insecure. And my pastor helped me a lot. I remember one time he invited me to the to the association in Oklahoma and I was wearing a long sleeve. Yeah. And worried I, about your the, the sleeve, yeah. the tattoo sleeves, yeah. And he didn't say nothing. But when we finished, he told me, Brother Julio, I, I admire you. But that doesn't make any difference if you're ashamed of yourself. Oh wow. I said, what are you talking about? I'm not ashamed of my face. He said, yes, you are. He said, Brother Hulu, why do you cover that? Yeah. Why do you wear long sleeves in I 90 said, degrees? And yeah. I said, because I want to respect you and, and your friends. He said, they're not my friends. They're my brothers. They're your brothers too. Yeah. He said, Julio, you got to learn how to use those tattoos as a weapon for the gospel. That hit me, brother. Oh, that wow. Hit me. I can imagine. That hit me. I was like, can I, can I, Pastor? I was a new, a, a new, uh, a, a new Christian. I didn't knew nothing. I didn't knew the ABC of salvation. Yeah. So I didn't knew that I could use this. You know, going into a church where nobody has tattoos and everybody looks decent, it really make me feel bad. Yeah. So he said, "Yes, you can. Yes, you can. God has 
choose you because there's a lot of people like you. They feel related with you. Learn. Yeah. Learn how to use that. And, and I did. Yeah. And, in so many incredible ways. After he told me that, I told him, Pastor, I got a desire in my heart. And the Bible says that God, maybe he can do the desires of my heart if they go according to his will. He said, what do you want? I said, I want to go back to prison. He said, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, I want to go take the gospel. Yeah. And he said, you know it's going to be kind of hard because of your background and your yeah. status. And I said, I, I know, but I have listened to you for a year already. And you said that God is not an impossible. And I really believe that. I really believe yeah. that I got a message that people in jail need to listen to that. He said, let's pray. Yeah. We prayed for a couple of months, and I, I met uh, the director of a county jail. Yeah. And he asked me, brother, have you, have you been in jail? I said, yeah. You want to go back? I said, no. He laughed. He said, would you like to go share your testimony? I gave him a, I gave him a set of excuses. Yeah. I said, but I don't have this. I don't have that. And he was making his coffee and just smiling. And he said, do you want to go, yes or no? Yeah. <laughs> I said, yes. He said, I'm the director. I'll see you tomorrow. And you go. And brother, uh, we've been doing it for 15 years. Lord yeah, I know. It's yeah. in so many amazing ways. That was you were down and Julio, whatever you start talking about that, I do you have any idea how many gospel conversations you've had in the last twenty years? No. No. Okay. No. That, uh, if you if you ask me how many people and I don't want this I don't want people to take this in a bad way. God knows our heart. Yeah. If you ask me how many people have you led to the Lord, I'm sorry, I, I don't know. I, I have led people to the Lord. Yeah. I, I seen at one time more than 70 people yeah. in one of the preachings. And then I preached in, in a church in Texas with 2,000 people, and one lady came to the gospel. Yeah. I, I remember just like my preachings. First preaching, I put the date in. And yeah. But then you preach so many times that you, you, you don't forget. Do you don't, yeah. yeah, they say, yeah. what do you? Yeah. And I remember the first person I led to the Lord at the county jail. I remember his name. Yeah. He became one of my disciples. But then. You just, you just, you don't keep track of it. And, yeah. and I'm not saying that like, like, you know, I'm, I'm great. No, but it, it is so great that coming from where we come from, you have no idea what, how God can use you with, with being hope, a message of hope to somebody else. Yeah. And, but yes, I have no idea how many people I have left to the Lord. Because of my testimony, Brother Jeff, they, I get a lot of invitations. Yeah. And you know this is why sometimes yeah. I'm in Houston. Take I know. I'm having to keep track I, of you I, all the time. Now, this year has been different. Yeah. Because COVID. my son, Julio, is growing. Now he gets invited and I don't. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? It, it yeah. is great to me. But, yeah, uh, but I have shared the gospel uh, many times in many churches. I, I have no idea how many. T tell me, whenever you think back, Maybe it's that very first time you led someone to Christ, or maybe it's just what you've been doing this last week. What's up? What is a memorable gospel conversation that you've had with somebody that you'd say that? I, yeah. I remember that one. In the gas station. Yeah. Carnitas El Grande on a Sunday. Uh -huh. We were driving to a, uh, this last Sunday. We were yeah. driving to the Sunday school. It starts at 10 o'clock. Yeah. I told Mine, hey, we're about 20 minutes early. Let's stop Let's and get some tacos. Some okay. Oh, yeah. I, I go outside in my truck, my daily truck, don't want to start. Mm -hmm. I got a classic car that is kind yeah. of like a cartoon, you know? Yeah. And I said, well, let's go in my car. I go in my car, so we stop at the gas station. When I'm at the gas station, 
two guys, uh, Anglos, with tattoos around 20, 25, both of them, mm-hmm. good-looking guys, strong guys, young guys, yeah. in a car, listening to their music like mine with, with, yeah. a different, with a different message. I looked at them, and they looked at me. We looked at we, I yeah. contact. And for them, I think they're, they're in, they just, yeah, like, what are you looking yeah. at? In my car, I always have the daily bread in Spanish and in English. <laughs> always. I keep a box. <laughs> I got a box of Bibles for, for, for yeah. believers, and, and, but I got a box of daily bread. And I had the blue one with the Spanish version, and I had the yellow one with the English version. So I grabbed two of each. Yeah. And I go to the guys, and when they see me, Brother Jeff, these guys are from the streets. They're not afraid of a short Mexican guy. Yeah. When they see me, they got off the car, and they walk towards me, and they say, what's up? And uh-huh. I said, what's up, bro? How y'all doing? They didn't, they didn't answer. I said, hey, I'm Pastor Julio. When I said I'm Pastor Julio, they, their, their language, their body language changed. Yeah. You know, people got respect for the gospel, even if they're gang members. When I said yeah. I'm Pastor Julio, that the, the one in the other side, he said, are you a pastor? Yeah. I said, believe it or not, I am. And I'm not only a pastor. I do the prison ministry. You do. So I started talking to them. I did not let them to the Lord, but they did let me pray for them. And they did took a daily bread. That was last Sunday. I learned why my pastor told me, use that as a weapon. This is a daily. Yeah. When I get out of my house, I look in the back. I make sure I have the daily bread. Uh-huh. I know that God has called me for special people, people like me, yeah. for the streets. Yeah. And I'm ready for that. Um, so I do this almost all the time. Uh, two weeks ago, I, it was just me and April in our house. April is my, my youngest daughter. She's mm-hmm. 18. And I was kind of bored. And I, saw, I told April, April, come with me. And she said, where are we going? I said, you'll see. So I went to Burger King. Mm-hmm. And I bought 40 burgers, those $1 burgers. It's just, yeah. just the bread and the beef. Yeah. And I took her to downtown. And she was, Daddy, what are you? I, I bought the burgers and the Coke. She was holding the Coke. I said, baby, I'm going to teach you what your dad does when you're not around. So I took her over there. And her surprise was not, Brother Jeff, that I took the Cokes. Her surprise was that when I got off the car, the homeless is, hey, Brother Julio. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I learned what my pastor told me. I have learned that I am a weapon in, in God's hand. And I, I learned to use my, my past life uh, as a weapon to the, to the gospel. Oh, man. It is, it is so amazing. And, and you've said it several times in here. When God lays something on your heart, you, I know you, you pray. Yes. And you lead your people to pray. Yes. Tell me, tell me about a, what is a typical the typical prayer life that goes with day in the Alma what as a church, look, as a church, because okay. last pastors let you, you weren't able to be here, but it's, it, Brad uh, Luter was talking about the <laughs> things he'd been convicted about. One was sharing the gospel and one was prayer and just the church really praying and being serious. And it made me think of y'all because when God lays something on your heart, goes with day in the Alma, you just take it to the Lord and pray. Yes. And, and you don't pray the little bitty prayer you, you, you pray seriously. seriously. Yes. So I, I want you to describe for everybody that's listening, because I, I know a lot of them don't know. They think of yes. prayer meetings maybe, you know, five, ten minutes, you know, on a Sunday night before a Bible study. Tell me what prayer looks like in the life of Gosadamiyama. When, and, and 
what I'm going to share with, with, with you guys is it's not that everyone should do this, but this is what I have done, and it has worked for us. Yeah. I When God lays something in your heart, that's not the time to start doing it. Mm-hmm. It's the time to take a series and start praying. Mm-hmm. Because we ask God for things, and sometimes we are not prepared. And if he answers and give us those things, we're not gonna. We're not gonna be. Uh, we're not gonna. How to say it? No, vamos a ser justos. If we pray to God to give us something and we are not prepared to be good ministers, yeah, we're gonna minister bad. And instead of of, of building something, we're gonna tear something down. Yeah. A lot of people like I used to tell God when I used to go and preach in the other churches. Mm-hmm. If you just give me a small room where I can preach. I don't need a big church. I just need a small room with 50, 30 chairs where I don't have to worry and I can preach in a different room. And then I know that's not me because if it was me, I would ask God, I want a house, I want a church with Sunday yeah. school. I know that's something God has put in my heart and I know that that's the time to pray. I start with me and my wife, mm-hmm. but then I gotta share the vision to the church but I have to have the conviction that I started praying and that God is listening to me because if I don't have the conviction, it doesn't matter how much I try to communicate with the leaders, they're not gonna see the vision because God is not in there. But when God is in, the, in there and, and you have the conviction, your next step after you already started praying, you share the vision with the guys. It just, I, I was just honest with them. I told them, this is what has put in my heart. I never, Brother Jeff, Try to manipulate the church. No. I never told the church. God came to me and he spoke to me because that's not true. I never said, I, I dream and I saw the. No, I always kept, kept being me with the church. And I said, God has put something in my heart. And I know it's from him because I don't want to do it. But it's just in my heart. I need you guys to join me in prayer. Okay, what do you want us to pray, Pastor? Pray for me. If I'm asking God for something that he doesn't agree, pray for me. So when I get God's answer, I don't get disappointed in mm. me. So once you, once I, I communicate with the church about the vision, everybody wants to pray with you, but they won't go at the first time. So what we did, I said, I need one person to come and pray for the radio station nine years ago. And we're going to take it seriously. We're going to pray three times a day. We're going to pray from 6 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Pastor, I cannot be here two hours. I know. But you can be here 10 minutes. You come 10 minutes. When you leave, someone's going to come. Mm-hmm. The, the, the key is not that we all come together and pray, but the church is constantly praying. Yeah. I know you can pray in your house, but there's something about coming to the to the building of God yeah. with the people of God enjoying together in prayer. Yeah. And uh, the church started praying. What? When you have one person willing to do it, another one is going to jump in. Yeah. And if you have two, two more are going to jump in. When you have a group of people that prays and they share what's going on in the prayer as a testimony, uh-huh. someone else wants to be part of it. So we pray for nine years. And the good thing about it that we still do it because you've been doing it so long that if you don't do it now, you feel bad. Yeah, it's become yeah, it becomes because, that discipline, that habit, and that's yeah. just what you do. And because you seen that God worked through through yeah. prayer, so why you wanna leave something that works? Yeah, 
You don't want to leave something in the world. So we pray from 6 to 8 o'clock, and then we pray from 2 to 4 o'clock. And then the main prayer that we have done when other people come, it was from 7 to 8 o'clock, all in the same day, yeah. all in the same day. We turn it into our prayer service. It's a prayer all day. Maybe you walk in Gozo de Mi Alma in, 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 in a Thursday, and you walk at six, like today, this morning, at 6 o'clock in the morning, it was some only men praying. Yeah. It was only men, the leaders. And I tell the leaders, if we don't pray as leaders, what do you expect from the people that are sitting down on the, the table? Yeah. We got to pray as leaders. So, Brother Jeff, if, if Gozo de Mi Alma would not pray, we have, maybe we would have never met. Yeah. If Gozo de Mi Alma would never pray, we maybe we didn't have the radio station. If Gozo de Mi Alma never prayed, maybe we we, we were in the buildings that we are. If Gozo de Mi Alma didn't pray, we would have been just another church in the River Valley. Yeah. And you do that. It, it, like I say, it's not it's not everybody a big big, but but Gozo de Mi Alma. Every every praying. morning six yeah. to eight, somebody's there praying. Somebody's there praying. Every afternoon, two to four, somebody's, somebody's there praying. praying. Every night, seven to eight, somebody's, somebody's there, there praying. praying. And then, and then on Friday nights, I know for a long time you would have the fr yes. the Friday night prayer service. It's like maybe I can come on a Monday, maybe I can come, but the time that everybody really kind of like Sunday morning, everybody comes to hear preaching. Yes. Friday night, it goes to Demiama. Everybody finds a way to everybody. come pray. Yes. Okay, and. and uh, and and I and I say this, man, because there are going to be people listening. That, I, I mean, if their people are together for ten or fifteen minutes, they've done something big. Gozo, as as she built her muscles in prayer, yes. and it was building her muscles in your prayer, knees. building building heart on heart your knees. knees. Yeah, yes. the good calluses. <laughs> but but a typical a typical Friday night. You, I know y'all do y'all do the food distribution. Yes, as part of it. When and how long is Gozo in prayer on a Friday night usually? Since listen to this, since service starts. Yeah. This is what we do because uh, before the COVID, the the church Gozo de Mi Alma just full on the building, mm -hmm. and one of my leaders came up with this great idea. He said, Pastor, we don't we don't even know the people that comes here. We need to watch ourselves and take care of our people. We need prayer more than anything. Mm -hmm. We believe in prayer, brother. Yeah, we, we do. We want to do something. We pray about it. Yeah. So, he, so he said, he came up with this idea. At first, I was like, nah. But then I said, why not? She says, I think that you need four or six men to be praying since we start until we're finished. I said, oh, my God. Yeah. I said, who's going to do that? He said, I'd be the first one. So the other one said, I'm the second one. So... On Fridays, because we got so many people, we don't only have people taking care of the parking lot, doing the boxes. Yeah, it's, 500 families uh, every Friday to, yeah, to feed. Yeah, it's but a we have deal. a small group. Well, someone is preaching and giving the food there in the back. They're praying. Yeah, praying for what? Praying for the people that is in there and praying for the man that is sharing the gospel and praying that when we give the invitation, someone will come to the Lord. I always tell them. Do not get out the pulpit if you don't do the invitation. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, but now that starts. They get there, what, about, about 6.30, 7 o'clock? Oh, yes. We start at 7, but people start getting there since 6 o'clock. Yeah, so some 7. And yes. then and then your men are praying and the church is praying. Yes. What times 
What time you lock the door up on Friday night? Oh, you don't want to know that I'm going to get in trouble with you guys. No, no, <laughs> you're not. Brother Jeff, it's usually the earliest we lock the doors is as 11.30. We have been yeah. there to 1 o'clock. Because, yeah. listen, giving 35, 40 pallets of, of groceries is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I there's If you see the videos, you're going to see sometimes we have an 18-wheeler. Yeah. Pull it up. I mean, we're not uh, a ministry that gives yeah. 20 boxes. We, we It's a great yeah. ministry. And it has helped, helped a lot. Yeah. Most of the people in our church, they don't come from our other churches, and we have led them to the Lord thanks to the food bank ministry. So if you have a church and you don't have a food bank ministry, think about it and pray about it. It could be a good resource to yeah. share the gospel. But, but what amazes me in that food bank, there's preaching that happens along the way, gospel everything shared, happens. everything has purpose. Everything. But for that... For those, for those five to seven, eight hours, yes. Down at the altar, there in the back of the church, in the back, in the, yeah, in the, in the back of the church, yes. and the thing. Yes, your men They're are praying. praying, and they'll come in, they'll tag in, they'll tag out, but there is uninterrupted prayer. Prayer keeps on going. So, so when I did the math, and we talk about, oh, you know, a church, you know, where's God moving in in a church and the prayer. People, I mean, they they see the the food give the food giving and and the numbers there. They see that. Yeah. They they know that there are baptisms happening and, and yes. those those. You you typically will baptize. I know COVID's been a little different, but usually, Gozo would baptize anywhere from twenty to sixty people a yes. year. Yes. Before the COVID, the last uh, this last year, mm -hmm. we baptized thirty two. The year before that, we we, we baptized twenty nine, and it, it's been like that. It's just because of the yeah, COVID. it's just that steady and they're and they're yes. good and they're solid. But it's because of the prayer. Because yeah. so, sometimes people listen to the gospel, but they need a little extra. And sometimes they listen to the gospel. All right, thank you for coming. But you have someone praying and just saying, Father, I'll pray for that person that I can't see right now. But do you know who he is or who she is? Just please, please prepare his heart. Prayer is real, brother. It's very real. Pray, I mean, we, I go to the Myanmar, we don't look at prayer like, oh, we got to pray. We look at a, 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 a like, hey, let's go talk to God, man. We need, we need his help. And it works. But you have you have two to six to twenty people praying about just whatever's going on, and it's yes. it a need comes in. That's what everybody focuses on. Yes. But I, if I'm if I as I've watched Gozo, I would say if you have a week that you spend less than forty or fifty hours in prayers at church, it we would be a it would be a low week because yes. because you you spend you spend not not minutes. Yes. but hours yes. in prayer and that oh it is a you do not know the blessing that is to others as they see a faith that it just stays lived out yes okay uh, i see churches uh i get invited to preach a lot in texas and, and in louisiana i know many pastors and i see churches they have everything they have everything great preachers but they don't have prayer services. And yeah. I don't know if it's because they don't really need it because they're already there. Yeah. And But personally, I want to be part of something that if I want something, I want God's approve, approval. Yeah. And it's, it's, I know it's hard, but it's so delicious when you don't have the resource or the money to get something and you have no other choice but to spend time with God begging him. Yeah. And then he answers. 
Yeah. Oh, brother Jeff. And he answers in so many ways. And perfectly, like with the radio station, with yeah. the with the so perfect that I would not me personally, and I respect everyone, but if I'm in a church where we all we gotta do is get the money and go buy it without asking God or praying, I don't wanna be part of it. It's scary, isn't it? It's scary yeah, because then I'm gonna do what I want. I'm gonna buy what I what I like, yeah. and I want God at least in my house and in my ministry to be to be led, to be guided by God, not by my my own yeah. hands. Yeah. So I know smart churches sometimes they have it hard. They think they have it hard because they gotta pray for everything, but I think it's harder. Where you don't even yeah. feel the need to pray, you just go and get it. Yeah, I don't. I don't even remember who who it was. It was a gosh, way way back in the church. They said, you know, Peter and John, they they would say to the to the lame man, "Silver and gold have I none, mm. but such as I have, I give to you." And in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And in the name of Jesus, do whatever. And they say, yeah. Now, now we can't say we don't have silver and gold. We have silver and gold, but can we say in the name of Jesus? Wow. And that, and, and if to be a good steward is not, is not only the danger of not having what we need. It is the danger of having so much that we forget that without God, nothing that matters is going to happen. And, uh, and that's been so great. Okay, I want to ask you this, Julio, because you you are just a you are such a great partner in the gospel. Whenever you think about the River Valley, and you know, for the Great Commission Baptist Association, our our great vision is to see a healthy, mm -hmm. a praying, a, a Great Commission Baptist Church for every thousand families and households mm -hmm. in the River Valley. And uh, and go so, man, y'all are y'all are meeting your your piece of that job. But when you think about what it means to be a partner in the gospel with your sister churches and with other pastors, what does it mean to you to be a partner in the gospel here in the River Valley? It, it means everything, Brother Jeff. I, I am so blessed to be a part of the gospel in River Valley because the need is big. Yeah. When I first came here, I was pastoring in, in Oklahoma. And I came this way because I baptized an inmate at the county jail, and he told me that his family was living in Fort Smith. Mm -hmm. So I started coming over here to, to bring Bible studies to his house. Yeah, I remember. And that's how I saw that there, there was a great need for, for the gospel for the Hispanic community. I went and searched before coming over here about the last census 10 years ago, mm -hmm. and it showed us that it was around 14,000 Hispanic people on the River Valley and around the area. Mm -hmm. So I went in, the, in Google and searched for the Baptist church in the River Valley, and I see the need. And, and I saw like 23 other churches in Spanish, but no Baptist. Yeah. And I saw that other denominations, they're, they're, they're gaining power and, and they're sharing the gospel. And me having that conviction, because I only knew no one doctrine in one church. Mm. I only had my pastor, Carlos Aguilar, and, and, and the other, and yeah. Simon Garcia. So I have a conviction of who called me and, and, and my doctrine. And I felt the need. And that's when I, I, I felt the need. And then I, I could feel it. When I led a lady, 52 years old, yeah. I led her to Christ. Yeah. And then she said, 
I want to come to your church. I said, I don't have a building, but you can drive to Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And she said, okay. She drove two times, and then she said, I want to get baptized. So I come back, and I said, guess what? I'm going to give you your Bible study in your house. Thank you, Pastor. So I did. And whenever she was ready to get baptized, I said, it's time to look for a church. You know, I was going to go to the lake and baptize her because all yeah. we need is water. Yeah. But God, God led me to this. Yeah. So I remember one time I looked at the, at the church where, where in Barling. Yeah, for Spanish Barling. So I said, they're Baptists and Baptists. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so I go and knock on the door. And yeah. I told Brother Jay, Brother Jay, I got one person that I want to baptize. He said, okay. He was so excited. Yeah. And they haven't used the baptism for, for, for a little bit. So we baptized the lady. And he said, well, well, he didn't ask many questions. Yeah. But three weeks later, Brother Jeff, I came back and knocked on his door. Yeah. And he said, Pastor Jay, hey, how you guys doing? I said, Pastor, I'm sorry. Can we use your baptist area again? <laughs> and he said, you got one more? I said, I got seven. Yeah. And after that, the next time that I knocked on his door, he said, how many you got this time? I said, brother, I got another seven. Yeah. And it's, some, it's funny, but the three times together in a row, I knocked to Brother Jay yeah. with seven people. So his mom said, Julio, who are you? Where you come from? What are you yeah. doing? I mean, you're baptizing more people than <laughs> what are we you? are. Yeah. What's the... And that's when he said, uh, you got to meet Brother Jeff. Yeah. And that's, that's how yeah. he came to he, he called me. He called me the, the second time. You knocked on the door. He said, hey, I got a guy you have to meet. He said, it's... His name's Pastor Julio. He said it. He just he just needs the place to baptize people. He's Baptist and he wants to do. He said if you, and I said well. He said I don't have his number. Yet. I said well, well get his number the next time, <laughs> and and that was when we when we met and we began to realize the opportunity that that all that Goza de Miyama needed. They need they needed a place, yes. and our first partnership was just helping y'all figure out how to have a, yes. a place to meet. Yes, because you ran out. That Bible said the home after that second seven baptism, you got up to twenty. It was, it was after the, we were out of room. After the third seven amount of people baptizing, I told them, "Now I got a special Bible study that I want to teach you." Mm -hmm. It talks about giving. Yeah, because I knew that we were in that room and we didn't fit there. Yeah, and and Julio knew how to play music, so I said we can grow. I, I could I could feel it. I said this yeah. is from God. We can grow. If we just I keep on and I give thanks to 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 my pastor Carlos Aguilar. He disciple me, and, and I believe a lot in discipleship. If you ask me, Julio, yeah. how do you describe Gozo de mi alma in one word? I'm gonna tell you, it's a church school of disciples. Right. I have I have always seen in their in, in their head, you are not here forever. You are here to learn and to get out. And spread the gospel. God didn't choose me to have a 300, 400 people in a church just clapping. God has used me to lead other people to God and to disciple them to do the same with, with, with other people. Yeah, it is. It is such a blessing. Okay, right now, when, when your partners in the gospel think about how we can pray for Julio, how we can pray for Goza de Miyama, what, what do we need to join you in prayer for right now? Pray for, as always, for my family. Mm -hmm. If my family is okay, I, I'm okay. I can share the gospel with a bigger smile in my, in my, yeah. in my face. Uh, pray for our family uh, and, and pray for the church. I really believe, Brother Jeff, in, in, I call it in Spanish, el, el ciclo de la vida, the, 
I'm gonna say, I'm gonna try to say the closest I can. The the walking in life, you I mean you 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 were born, you live, and you die. Mm. You got I you gotta have that in mind to live yeah. a peace life. We cannot live thinking that we're gonna live here forever because if we do that. We're not gonna do disciples. I'm gonna think it's my church. I'm gonna think I'm gonna be here forever, and I'm gonna I'm not, I'm gonna I'm gonna affect negative the kingdom the kingdom of God, God with yeah. the gospel. But if I if I know that I am here, God has just gave me the opportunity to live and to work for Him. I have to reproduce myself mm. into another person so that when God calls me. Everything continue to be the same. People continue to be disciples. Yeah. So pray that our people don't forget about the vision. As a pastor, if people know the vision, we're going to work together. Yeah. As a pastor, if people don't know the vision, you always going to bump heads. So it is a blessing to me when you know where you're going and where you see Gozo de Mi Alma in two or three years. That's what I want you to pray, that people will understand the vision. I'm not a man that went to school. I I'm not a well-speaking man. My English is not perfect like my Spanish. But I do know the calling that God got in my life. And, and I do know that I'm just part of it. And that I'm not going to be here forever. So I have to decide. I have to reproduce myself in someone else. Can you imagine if you do that, if I do that, if he does that, if he does that, when we die, the gospel continues, brother. And that's what we call for. That's right. So pray for that. So that pray for my family and pray so that our church can understand and can see the vision so we can keep on walking forward to that. We can do that. Let me pray for you right now. Thank you, brother. Father, I want to come to you right now. And Lord, it is such an incredible blessing to get to call Julio my brother. Mi hermano in Cristo. Father, I, I thank you that that you have given us the privilege of getting to share ministry together in this season, this time. And Father, I thank you for Gozo de Miyama. Lord, for what she's doing for uh, Lord for Esperanza as, as she is beginning to, to grow there for the old Trinity building. Father, I thank you for the for the men that are being discipled and are growing that you're going to call out of that church. Lord, that you're going to send. I, I pray that you do. Let every Sunday, Lord, every prayer gathering, every every time this church meets, Lord, I pray you help them to see the incredible blessing they have in Christ. Father, I pray that you help them to know better and better the love of God. Lord, I pray that that, that as they proclaim the gospel, Lord, as they take opportunities to you in prayer, that that through Gozo and through her her children that are being spread all across the River Valley, that Christ will be lifted up and that he will draw men and women and boys and girls from every walk of life to himself. Father, we ask your blessing on Julio, on Minerva, on the kids. Father, we ask your blessing on Gozo de Miyama. And Father, we ask your blessing on the, the churches of the Great Commission Baptist Association May we truly live up to our name, and may the Great Commission be the mission of all of our churches. We ask that in Jesus' name. We ask that for his glory. Amen. 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 All right. Man, Julio, thank you so much. Thank you for it is a blessing. Me. Okay. This, we're just going to totally shift gears before we end okay. our, our time. I've got to ask you a question. Okay. 
because because you and Minerva, y'all make some of the best tamales and tacos. And, <laughs> I mean, you 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 do Mexican. What is your favorite food that is not Mexican? Oh, that's yes, Chinese your favorite food. food. Chinese food. Chinese food. I love really? Chinese food. Do you really? What you know? What I, do you like? I, I taste Italian food last week. I loved it too. Yeah, it's different, but it has. I always. I, I, I love Chinese food. Okay, what what kind what kind do you like? You like like the, the I, like I, egg I, rolls or the noodles? No, I like, the... no, but I'm gonna tell you what I really love, and okay. I leave this for the last. Yeah. I go in the buffet and I eat everything. Yeah. But my favorite, I get a, a bowl, yeah. and I, I do the, the 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 soup, the liquid soup. Yeah. But just the just the liquid. I yeah. The this is broth. Out. Yeah. Okay, and then I work a little further and I put the shrimps. Yeah, those there. little shrimps. And then I go around and I put the chips in there. Yeah. And mixed it, a little hot sauce. I love that. <laughs> my wife thinks I'm crazy. She thinks it tastes nasty. I, I don't know why, but it does something in my in my tongue and in my that I, I love it. Oh I love it. Now I got a plate, Brother Jeff, that I really love. Mm -hmm. And only my friends know this. Yeah. And I, I was one day talking to someone else. I said, Are you a, are you a friend of your pastor? Because pastors they don't really have a lot of yeah. friends. And he said, uh, Yes, I am. I said, okay. What's your pastor's favorite plate? He said, I don't know. She said, so what kind of friend are you? <laughs> you never take him to eat or what? So it was just a joke. But I, my, my plate that I, I enjoy, uh -huh. listen to this. It's um, carne guisada yeah. with uh, corn. With corn? Mina don't like it because she says it's sweet. Yeah, and, and it's sweet don't mix, corn. But I like it with corn. In, in, in a little sauce, uh -huh. sauce, I like refried beans, and I like soap uh -huh. with water, and homemade flour tortillas. Yes, four of them. Oh. That's my favorite <laughs> plate. I don't think nobody in the house likes it like me, but I. I, I that is. So but yeah. uh, besides Mexican food, I really like Chinese food. All I right. Oh man, that's great. Julio, <laughs> it has been a blessing to visit with you this afternoon. I look forward to the conversations ahead. Yes, thank right. you. And I'm, I'm willing. Invite me again. It's a blessing to me. We will do it. Amen.